welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And we are talking about your comedy scripts. Many have been sent in to the BCG Bro competition. Um, there were 65, 68, 68 entrants were sent in and we whittled that down, uh, having read the first 10 pages of them, uh, down to a, a long list of about 15. And we read those scripts in their entirety. And what we are proposing to do is offer some reflections on um, on those. Uh, and hopefully that will give us a bit of a sense of how scripts can be improved because the because the writers room window is coming isn't it yeah the writers room the the BBC writers room window uh, opens on Monday the 23rd of March and uh, closes again on I think Monday the 20th of April so um, you've got by the time once we this episode goes out you've got a, a good few weeks really so whether you've got a script now that you think is in quite good shape or you're thinking I'm, I'm close to having the idea that I'm ready to write or even just thinking, well, I might, might not be ready to enter this year, but I'm, I'm definitely interested mm. in future years. There's this, there's also the, there's the, the, the BAFTA or Rowcliffe uh, um, writing competition. They have a comedy script uh, competition as well, mm -hmm. which is normally around about this time, but they haven't uh, given out dates yet. But in addition, there's also the sitcom mission is being revived. That's uh, where you get a chance to get your show uh, performed with, with top actors mm. um, seen by sort of industry people in, in, in London. And that's uh, the deadline for that is uh, May the 4th. So there's a lot of things coming up. Mm. Um, and uh, th there are going to be a lot of scripts. The BBC Writers' Room, they tend to get, don't they? They get about 3,000 scripts, At least, yeah. don't they? And they only read the first 10 pages of all 3,000. Yeah. So they apply the same criterion that we applied. Which, which is, you know, if this script doesn't grab me in those first 10 pages, um, then, you know, I'm afraid it's... Uh, yeah. going to be quickly going on to the sorry pile. Yeah. And I think that's what is annoying if you're um, trying to break into the industry is it feels like, you know, it's terribly unfair that they don't read the whole script. But the problem is anyone who's worked in the industry for any length of time says you can tell within the first 10 pages if this person knows what they're doing or not. Um, and very, very rarely are people proved very, very wrong um, by reading the whole script. And we will get on to the specifics of that. Um, but just a, a final bit of housekeeping, really, is to say that winners of shortlisted people or whatever, they are notified by email via BCG Pro, and they're kind of administering this competition. So we won't be revealing winners or names or anything on this show, because also most of you listening didn't enter and don't really care about names or winners or anything so we're just trying to make sure that we can all learn as much as possible so that our scripts can be as good as they can be yeah that's what our aim is yeah now i'm actually i'm going to be doing a day um on a friday the 13th of march it's going to be your lucky day because uh, i'm going to be doing a a, a little um, a, a day where I'm going to kind of hopefully sum up everything that we, we've talked about. So if you are thinking of entering uh, the BBC uh, competition or any competitions really, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk in, in detail about the sort of things that we've, we've found and the sort of things that we're going to talk about now as well and how you can uh, make sure that your script um, stands out when you send it along with those yeah. uh, 3,000 
2,999 yeah. other scripts. Yeah. And whilst we're mentioning things happening in the future, um, not just the BBC uh, writer's room window, um, is also there is a BCG comedy conference coming oh, yes, on April the 25th. And so uh, BCG Pro kindly uh, host this podcast on their servers and distribute it uh, to your ears. And so we're grateful to them. So the least we can do is mention uh, this conference. And we will be at this conference. It will be in London on Saturday, the 25th of April. And so I think you can book tickets now. Uh, So go to their website, British Comedy Guide. And, uh, yeah, uh, comedy.co.uk. Yeah. And there's some... uh, Pretty big names. I'm not sure if they will have been announced yet. I'm not sure if I can uh, reveal, but there mm. are definitely some uh, star comedy names that, yeah. that will be there. Yeah. It'll be really worth uh, seeing. Yeah, and it just—it's good just to go to these things. And isn't they're not? I don't think it's terribly expensive. And there's probably some early bird rates if you move fast. But it just feels like if you can meet other writers, you don't feel quite so alone. Yeah. Uh, you might get some inspiration. You might meet a writing partner. Um, you know, there are lots and lots of good reasons to go. And if this is your passion and that's what you're interested in, then then why wouldn't you go? Yeah. Other than the fact that, you know, you obviously you've got to pay to get there and all that kind of business. But yeah. but anyway, uh, it will be well worth doing. We're in another year currently without a uh, Craft of Comedy conference. Sadly. Sadly. But this um, will be the next best thing. The, the next best thing, if not better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have the beautiful Victorian grandeur Right. Of uh, Clandudno, no, or the delightful Steve Doherty um, guiding us around the place, um, but there are lots of other things to commend it, and also London's quite easy to get to. Yeah. Uh, um, so um, apologies though to those of you who are listening on the Isle of Skye or somewhere, and yeah. they're saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, London's easy to get to." Thank, thank you for saying yes. That. Having said that, yeah. it's yeah. easier to get to London from there than it is to get to North Wales. True. Right. Um, True. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So um, there we go. That's that uh, plugged over. But what we need to think about is what we learned from uh, the shortlist uh, that we've got. Uh, That is up and available to see on uh, British Comedy Guide website somewhere, I suspect. But what what are the headlines from from these scripts that we read the whole of? We talked uh, in the previous episodes, we talked about things like, uh, you know, really having to uh, test your ideas, really push your ideas as as far as you can. Um, And um, we talked about how you need to get your characters right and your your stories correct. So the 15 that we chose uh, uh, in our long list... um, I guess we, we, we can talk about, you know, where, where there's an idea where we think, well, okay, that's a really good idea. What's it about? Um, and quite a lot of these um, scripts were, they, the idea uh, stood out. And so that's, I mean, just, just we can sort of pick out specific ones. But So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, and these are the things that we've talked about before, but we'll, we'll refer to the script. So what, what's it about? What's it really about? And that's your, uh, that's your idea. How good is your idea, mm. you know? Uh, who's it about? So what, which, what were the good characters, things that we saw? Um, and why am I the person to write this? And why, why now? So, in other words, you're, you've got you've got stories. What is it about your stories that that separates them from yeah. you know the kind of uh, that, that that moves things on? Yeah. That's different from what's already out there. And that definitely explains quite a lot of the uh, the ones that didn't make it to the shortlist. There are an awful lot of scripts which just that felt like they were people talking in a situation. 
Um, and there was no really compelling reason as to why we would want a sitcom set in a bookshop now um, that wasn't threatened with closure from Amazon or whatever. That, that, that wasn't one, but I'm just using the example. Um, and so, you know, there were lots of sh scripts that didn't make it through just because they, you know, they, they didn't... Because actually there were one or two scripts that got through that actually I think um, that will go quite a long way that are completely all over the place and are actually a little bit baffling and strange and chaotic. But they just have a sort of... A, they, they, they just feel like they've got... I just don't think I've seen they've this before. They've got funny bones. They've got funny bones, but also these are just voices I've not really heard before. Um, and it's just written in a way that's got loads of... It's, it's very compelling writing, even though it is very uh, confusing and doesn't raw. resolve properly. It's, it's raw. It's, yeah. it, it's talent. It's talented writing that has not yet been... Kind yeah. of honed. I yeah. think there's a lot. There's a lot of that, and I think that's what the British, that's what the BBC writers' room are looking for. In particular, is they're not really looking for. I think when we can ask them this when we next speak to them, they want to see evidence of technical ability of scenes that feel like we've got roughly the right length, and you know, and scenes are numbered and all that kind of stuff. But actually, what they're looking for is a voice and attitude. Uh, and just something that sets you apart, really. Yeah. And I think, um, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean, hi, my idea is totally wacky and whatever. It's completely different. Because we did have, the, the, there's a, a, a couple of the main themes that I think came through. And, and, and we chose some of the scripts with these were, uh, you know, women of a certain age looking to get pregnant, Um uh, which is again it's a familiar it's a familiar idea yeah or um, being teased for not getting pregnant yeah. or whatever with mother-in-laws or that kind that of thing. sort of thing or and then also uh, a lot a, a lot of sitcoms set a, a little bit in the future mm. uh, on spaceships or on mars or whatever and and um and again that's you know obviously that that's something that's very much out there now yeah people are you know the the the, the why now is yeah. the sort of well yeah pe everybody's talking about you know yeah. the, the planet yeah. being destroyed um but even actually let's talk about the sci-fi thing is it's quite a good example because um there were there were sort of two or three scripts uh maybe actually four or five scripts that that were sort of science fiction and uh one of them's on the uh, shortlist um and uh, is is really good um and in a way, it sort of feels like it's not, it doesn't quite have a compelling compelling reason to be on now, but it's just, it's it's really funny. It's executed really well. Uh, the, the scenes just lead on to each other. It just felt like really good writing. Um, but then there are other scripts which actually had lots of jokes in them, but because they, they, they just sort of really weren't about anything at all. And it felt like this was written by someone who loved Red Dwarf and Hitchhikers. And they just wanted to write their own space adventure. And actually, they got quite hung up on the sci-fi jokes and the situations. And actually, what you forget is that Red Dwarf and Hitchhikers, they are actually about something. They're not sci-fi adventures, really. And all decent science fiction is really about something. So I think sometimes people... Re and there's a couple of historical ones as well. Yeah. Which felt like... I mean, there was one that felt like a Guy Ritchie movie. You know, uh, and there was those sort of other ones, and they've got jokes in them, but they—it's just like it's not. What, what do we learn? You know, if you've if you've got a, if you've got a sitcom that's set during the time of Alfred the Great, 
why now do we need to hear about Alfred the Great? You sort of need to answer those sorts of questions, yeah. I think. And I think, to, and again, to be fair, I have mentioned this, that one of the first things that I did when I started out writing, uh, massively influenced by Hitchhiker's Guide, mm. I wrote all six episodes of a radio show mm. while I was still training as a journalist. Yeah. Um, Don't write all six episodes yeah, of anything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Never and do By the way, that. apologies for, yeah. there's a cherry picker outside that's being folded up, so uh, right. apologies for the noise. Carry yeah. on. And um, so, uh, and, and, don't yeah don't write all six episodes but also you know get, I was kind of getting my uh, influences out of my system it was like okay by writing my kind of sub Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, not very funny sitcom but I was I was finding what I wanted to write about and and through and and through there uh, you know the kind of through the process of doing that. In, in, and coming back to say what we were talking about some two a uh, couple of episodes ago about you know what is your idea oh my idea is to do a uh, hitchhiker's guide type thing but it's about me uh yeah okay that's mm. not enough <laughs> yes yeah. what right. is it about you dave that it's about yeah. And, yeah. and and so that's what that that's me answering the question so uh, you know when you come up whatever your idea is whether it's about uh you know like some oh it's a spaceship and it's this and, and you know here's a really interesting thing about the spaceship and and you know it's well okay yes but what are the what what what, what is it now that makes mm. us want to watch that and what is it about the relationships and characters yeah. uh, and, and whether it's that or whether it's oh it's a you know it's a middle class couple living in London and they can't have kids yet yeah okay but what's different we've we've you know we've there are countless dramas comedies books that mm. deal with that you know there's loads and loads of them out there what's it, what's your take on this mm. that's going to make me go ah and you know and we did we, and we, you can cheat that by having unbelievably good writing that shows that you have first-hand yeah. experience and access yeah. so in a way you can cheat it by saying well my one's going to be the best one because uh, because i'm the only um you know i'm the only person who's had six rounds of IVF yeah um and therefore I know what it's like and yeah. we start the action on round four and you know what I mean and so this just feels like you and you're in the first three or four pages you'll know from reading it oh wow this person's really been there rather than wouldn't it be interesting to set a sitcom in this situation and you you can tell the difference quite quickly. Yeah, and we've got this uh, the, one of the scripts that's in, in, in our long list. Should we mention the names of the scripts? Just can t- give yeah. the title. Yeah. Yeah. So, winning at life, uh, which which is uh, the, the first ten pages have a sort of amazing energy mm. to them, uh, and um, it was that this is about a woman trying to get pregnant, but that the way that that uh, story came out, it was just very funny, mm. and it. it, it it um, and quite wacky, but actually the character was consistently wacky yeah. and mm. stayed stayed like that. And on the one hand, uh, I've got to get pregnant, uh, but also you know just to kind of because my mum annoys me about I got to do it, you know, just to annoy my mum. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a sort of there's a sort of logic to that mm. um, that you know obviously that's not enough yeah. to sustain a whole series and things but it does does kind of take the character down various mm. routes and and it and and it you know deals with the the 
problem that is yeah. all, uh, all these shows and books tend to deal with. You know, can you can you have it all? Yeah. And it's about her trying to work and have the baby as well. And it's it, it's just and reading the the, the rest of the script, uh, I think we you know yeah we were right to to put this in. It kept that energy up. Um, and 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 um, it kept kept that energy going right to the end, and it and it was that the, the characters were were thought through. Most of the characters, a couple of them were slightly not sure, but but you know the 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 the, the quest for this person was was consistent throughout, yeah. and yeah. and the character was consistent, and it was not, and it was different to, yeah. How the, the th- I mean, I've not obviously I've not read every yeah. uh, book about this, and I've not seen every show, but I've <laughs> seen enough, and mm. you know, n- know enough to know. Oh, well, this has been a very different take on it. So I think what you get with a sense of a script like that when you're reading it, it does still feel like more than the sum total of the parts. Mm. Um, so I think if you've really got a story to tell, if you've got something to say, I think you know that will get you actually quite a long way. And the technical stuff can sort of follow, um, but uh, but that's a really compelling yeah. script when you read something like that where it just feels like it's got a real energy to it, as opposed to a lot of scripts do feel like they are bored characters in places they don't want to be, mm. and it's not terribly inviting. And we do refer listeners back to an episode we recorded recently with David Tyler about, mm. you know, you are allowed to have a funny situation. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, um, also one of the other things we're doing... so. Uh, Patreon members uh, who are governor Patreon members have uh, we we make uh, special little p- podcast episodes for them to listen to and, and and we talk to we've talked about some of the scripts on that so if you join us on Patreon then you can have access to that audio library of stuff that is not broadcast but on one of those um, uh, episodes uh, I did think about. We were, we were talking about how you want to show what your situation is by giving a sense of the place and the kind of business as usual that goes on in this place mm. so that we get a sense of what it is before you start to subvert it or so quite often you you know if you've got an office where clearly nobody does any work and the company's doomed it does make you think well why is this company not already out of business yeah. can you just and you only need a few little clues a few little bits a few little you know moments and so I just think you want to paint a picture of we're in this world and it has a reality of its own, hmm. uh, and you can now forget about it. Yeah, because it's quite annoying when you have a situ when you're not given quite enough information. Um, and a weird example of that is there. Um, I wanted to know more about a script where there was essentially a bizarre will stipulation. Yeah, where someone was going to inherit a lot of money. Yeah, and. Uh, the stipulation was not unreasonable, which was you basically you can't leave this area, you can't leave this yeah. village or town um, for a year. Um, this is a script called Southstow, mm. and um, and I just thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how much this estate that they will inherit is worth. Because if yeah. it's worth fifty million quid, it's a no-brainer. If it's only worth three hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. then that's a much more interesting dilemma. But I had no sense of the parameters. Yeah. You need the absolute stakes. You've got, you got 48 hours on the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that's and that's fine. And, and so a ticking, So in one sense, it mm. was like, you've got, you've got to do this yeah. for a year. And I'm not a fan of bizarre will stipulations, I'll be completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. Um, and, but let's say for the sake of argument that that's okay. Um, 
it's just like, okay, you've, it feels like you've given me enough information, but you actually haven't. Mm. And it's now a little bit frustrating that I can't tell whether the central character is being unreasonable and acting irrationally or whether it's such a large amount of money or he has such a pressing reason to leave. Mm. He has to go back because, but actually his reason is I have to go back because I have to water my plants. Mm. You just think, well, you're an idiot then. Um, do you know what I mean? He, yeah. It's not quite... So you, you need to be really, really specific yeah. on, on the parameters, I think. Yeah. And if I could just, while we're on that script, although I'm sort of jumping a little bit from uh, what's it about, um, that script, which I really liked, had lots of funny stuff in it. That, but I get the, the, the why now element was... Uh, it, it reminded me of... Uh, initially, it reminded me of a lot, a lot of the sort of classic... Uh, 60s hammer horror sort of movies yeah. and and then, it's a creepy place a creepy yeah. town sort of thing and then American Werewolf in London very much like that mm. uh, but it also was a little bit like um, Life on Mars in that this guy was it was never quite we were never quite sure uh, how 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 far away from reality he had come you know right. where it, there's, a, there's a sort of magical element yeah of or, or league, almost league of gentlemen yeah. moist and vasey kind of sense yeah. this is a bit of a creepy place and so, there's sort of horror yeah. tones as well but what what i didn't get from it was you know this the, the, this ah but the thing about now is mm. and, and and so that's that's you, 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 you've got all we always talk about, you know, all the different um, things, all the plates you have to spin, mm. and you know, it gets it gets so many things right. Um, there's yeah. some very funny jokes, there's some lovely characters in there, yeah. there's some really nice twists yeah. actually to it. However, mm. it's one of a few scripts that we have which feels like it's a serial. Mm. So it feels like that this is episode one of six or eight or ten or twelve. And I, and I know that that is a thing now because of mm. box sets. Yeah. But what I think that people haven't quite got their heads around is firstly, um, you if, if the episode is all set up, which mm. that episode slightly is, you need to have a story in its own right. Yeah. So you need a mini story and an, and an overarching story. And I think what happens, and we've had a couple of scripts in that, and there was another script uh, which we had called Third Wheel, um, which is sort of a bit about... Um, uh, a threesome kind of uh, relationship uh, character sort of thing going on. And it felt like, so it ended in complete midair. Yeah. That episode where essentially it was just like, oh, is this a cuckoo in the nest? Who's going to push somebody out or something like that. Mm. And it just felt like I don't feel satisfied that I've had an episode of television. Yeah. Um, and I think the really good box set stuff gives you gives you a satisfying half hour or hour or whatever but also sets up the next thing and so i think you know we need to be a bit more disciplined on making sure that you give people a story with a beginning and a middle and an end yeah. even if the end then is slightly open-ended or leads on to the next thing yeah as uh, james mentioned a few minutes a few minutes ago in this uh, we are we will be talking again to the bbc writers room uh, comedy uh, Guys, uh, Simon and uh, Amanda, um, as we talked to them two years ago about what 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 are you looking for in the script? Uh, since since we talked to them, the the, the big 
comedy drama question has become a much much bigger thing now and is as you say with box sets and netflix and amazon prime um there's much more of a kind of um live debate about what 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 do you want in your comedy script and whereas before we always used to say well you know make sure your script is absolutely self-contained mm. um now there's more of a sense of yes but the narrative arc mm. needs to needs to move as well. Um, so we'll be discussing that in more detail yeah. with them. But yeah. we have talked a little bit about this, but it is definitely worth repeating. I think you should still uh, be aiming, whatever, however dramatic your story mm. is, you still should be aiming to have uh, your character with a goal. Yeah. And it's a goal that they're not going to get, and they're going to get to the epi- end of the episode having failed to get that goal, and then next week they're going to try again yeah. and get that same yeah. goal. And I think that just puts me in the mind of... Still one of the big problems I think I'm reading in the scripts is that um, of the shortlisted, long-listed scripts as well as the ones that didn't make it onto the long list, we do have a story problem. Mm. And... Um, how does the character fail? It's not enough that they try to do something and fail once uh, because I'm reading quite a lot of scripts that don't get going till page 10 and we've talked a lot about that already. Yeah. Um, but not only do they not get going till page 10, they run out of steam at about page 23. And I think people... It turns out, I think, that storytelling is a lot harder mm. uh, than I thought it was yeah. um, because people seem to be finding it quite difficult. Mm. And quite often, actually, you get, you know, a story starts on finally at page 10 and then the hero tries to do something and then fails. And then there are no real consequences to the failure. And so by about page 18, you go, oh, well, there's sort of an equilibrium that's happened here. Yeah. And I could actually switch off now Hmm. because the first half has not made me think, oh, the second half is going to be great. Yeah. It just makes me think the second half is just going to be probably more failure, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, so I think making sure that each scene leads to the next and that your character and their quest, they are making it worse for themselves. Yeah. So that you're beginning a scene with a character are trying to do this. Not only do they fail, but they've made their life harder or created a new problem. Mm. And then they start the next scene in that story further down from where they started and now they make it even worse again or they create a different problem they fix one problem but create an even bigger one yeah and actually that i think that is absolutely crucial and it feels that lots of people really struggle to find ways of making that work yeah that just just uh, uh, to just step out of the bigger picture for a moment i think it is worth uh looking at that the 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 point of scenes because one of the things uh well, that that's the two things that are, I think the main problems I found with scenes the first one yeah you've pointed out is that you know the the, the story needs to move on it needs the story needs to be uh, here at the start of the scene and it needs to have progressed to to the next point uh, and 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 stakes are raised or whatever but the other main problem time and again and again this comes back to people not thinking about their characters is when we're in when we want something, we don't say in real life. We don't say, "I want it. Give me it now." We and we don't always say what we mean, mm. and that's you know that the most 
you know, or an awful lot of comedy comes when people say they're trying to say something, but they can't say it, whether they're too English or whether they're trying to find a way to say it that doesn't... Or they're in love with the person they're talking to, or they don't want to be negative, or... And, and uh, there's not enough, I think, when you're writing your, your script, there's, there's, there, there's too many kind of on-the-nose mm. uh, things that are being said. I want this thing. Oh, I'm really annoyed because of the, you, can't, you don't want to say that out loud to your character. You want to get them on your side. Mm. And, and we know that that's, you know, we know that doesn't work to just say to someone, right, you're wrong and I'm right. I mean, let's look at the last three and a half years of uh, this country and Brexit to to remind us that nobody got anywhere saying, well, you're wrong, you're stupid. Um, oh, oh, right, oh, yes, I was wrong. I'm oh, stupid. Yes. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Yeah, oh, yes, I've changed so. my mind completely now. Scales so, have fallen from my eyes. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, you know, you have to find ways to set it. So it's about what isn't said mm. often, and we, we've said that before. It's yeah. scenes, but but the the, the trick yeah. is, the, the trick is making it clear what the quest is without stating it incredibly mm. baldly yeah. and artlessly. You know, subtext is absolutely critical. But you can do that when you're preparing. You say, right, in this scene, what do I want? Like my character, I want this character to get to the point where like he wants X to happen, mm. and oh, X is going to happen, but the character who he's talking to has misunderstood, mm. and so that's going to come back to bite yeah. him on the backside mm. three scenes down the line. So, you, you know, once, once you plot that point, you say, then you, you start to see how this character, and again, come back to this thing, becomes the architect yeah. of their own demise. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got the thing I wanted in, by being subtle about it and not saying what I meant but it's been misunderstood. So therefore, the next scene, I've already, I've raised the stakes because now I'm confident that I've, that I'm, and I'm moving forward mm. and I'm, I'm going to push something a little bit harder now and actually it's going to push back harder against yes. me and get me into trouble. Yeah. Um, and so or, that, you know, so yeah. in a way, you've got a character going into a scene not expecting to win and they win, mm. and but they, they don't realise there are consequences to that. Yeah. But actually probably more common is a scene goes in, a, a character goes into a scene thinking, I'm trying to achieve X. Mm. They meet someone coming in the opposite direction or tangential direction and then they have to modify their quest or mm. continue it but with a proviso that they now they have to do this for that person in order for them to do the other thing. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have all of these little plot junctions mm. uh, all the way through. And um, I think that people, you know, find that difficult to be consistent. I wonder if that's a planning problem. And I know you want to get writing as quickly as you can. Yeah. But I think a scene-by-scene outline will really help you yeah. clarify what what every scene is doing. Yeah. Um, rather than what are the jokes and where is it. Yeah. And I think it is a planning problem, but it is if you come go back and back, and if you say, let's take uh, a show like Peep Show, where you've got an odd couple, and those characters are so well formed, and they're not that you know they're they're not just two great writers, Sam and Jesse, but they're sort of years of Mitchell mm. and Webb working together. So those sort of two things come together. So they kind of almost know instinctively what each other's mm. strengths and weaknesses are. But you know, any episode that you watch of Peep Show at any point where either uh, Mark or Jez is in the ascendant, you mm. know that the other one is in the, in the opposite. And so you've got all this time that, that, that you've, you've got, 
Yeah. Uh, Jez getting the thing that he wants yeah. and maybe being all cocky with it and Mark being low down. Mm. So Mark's obviously scheming to get what he wants and Jez is taking his eye off it and he gets into trouble and Mark gets ascendant and then he doesn't get one. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the basis there for twists and turns and that's what we want. We want we want twists and turns. We want to when we're reading and when the when people are reading your first ten pages mm. They don't just want to go, oh, yeah, ha-ha, that's funny. Although, obviously, that helps. Mm. That's funny. Oh, oh, right. Oh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And, you know, when that happens, and it's, it's unfortunately, it's quite rare, and, and as much, in, I guess, in our own scripts as well, mm. you know, we're not, you, you have to have that as many, you know, as often as possible. It's like, oh, oh God, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And, oh, no, now, or, or, you know, maybe that's gone too far. But generally, it's like you are surprised, you know, you, 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 this is the stuff that you have to really yeah. work at before you write the script. Essentially, how can I yeah. Surprise the, how can I surprise myself yeah. first? I mean, essentially, if you've got a character going into a scene t- to do something and then they succeed with no consequences, you do think to yourself, well, what was the point of that? Um, because you could ultimately you could cut that scene, and I think you, what you really want to be looking at on your script, and it's hard to do it on your own work, um, is you want to be going through and just thinking, could I? What would happen if I cut this? And what would happen if I cut that? And I mentioned this on the podcast before a while back, I think. But when we were doing Bluestone Four Two, that's you know twenty one episodes of uh, of telly. There was one, every episode we recorded slightly long, so you're always looking to cut, and it is hard to get it down to 28 minutes. But there was, but it was only happened once, where in one episode we realised you could just cut that scene, because yeah. it has no consequences for any of the plots, to the point where I don't even know why we bothered filming that scene. Yeah. Why didn't we spot at the time? And in a way, you could say what that shows you is, you know... Uh, Goodness me, it's so easy to make this mistake that you go all the way forward to filming it without noticing. And in actual fact, what I would say is, if you're really rigorous about it, one or two will get through occasionally. But as a rule, every single scene has to be, this character is trying to achieve this, and this other character is trying to get in the way. I mean, this is the Aaron Sorkin rule, pretty much. So watch an episode of West Wing with a notepad and go through what is each scene doing, or read a script of it. Watch an episode of Faulty Towers or Peep Show, and just sort of plot it and go, what is actually happening here? And nobody, you know, it feels like homework. But I really think this is a problem uh, for people uh, for whom it doesn't come naturally. Some people are natural plotters, but they're not. They're few and far between. Um, and they tend to end up being engineers and making far more money doing that than they would writing comedy. But I remember when we interviewed Graham Linehan, and at that time he had been commissioned to write a new version of uh, IT Crowd for America. Um, and he said he was saying, you know, it's not enough to just you know come up with the the um, the, the, the pitch and the script uh, and the story and the idea, the scene by scene breakdown. He said, you know, you you have to absolutely write it without any jokes at all. Your your teleplay, mm. um, and 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 in this in this scene, uh, you know. Uh, whatever, Moss is going to uh, go to 
go, go and work in a, a bar at a theatre. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't, you know, but and it, it takes all the humour out. It's literally, yeah. you know, you're sucking the, the life out of it. And it, it's a very dull, dry read. But actually you are saying, you know, but there's going to be a twist here because, and this is all the stuff that you're saying out loud now to yourself mm. so that you aren't saying it. When, when it comes to actually seeing the script and we can sort of see we can see what's coming and we can see what twist is going to come and we can see how you're going to resolve it you need to kind of sit down and, and when you do sit down and plot it and it is difficult but you start to see oh actually yeah that's how that's and, and you're you're still creating the characters at this point as well and so you so you know you're you're giving you're 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 trying to make the characters act in mm. proactively and do things and you say well what if that makes that character this and so you know you're kind of finding what is at the core you know it, it's very rare that you can you know you can say well, well you, let take it a character you know david brent he's a chilled out entertainer who thinks everybody likes him uh, and they don't, you know. But you know, the think about the months of kind of work and thought that went into that. That's the thing. You have to. You just have to think a lot about who your characters are. Mm. And I think, therefore, if we're, th- you know, we we don't need to bang on about making sure your first ten pages are really good. Let's assume your first ten pages are really good. You've listened to the lessons. If you want to get off the very long list of the writers, BBC Writers Room or Rockcliffe or whatever, and. Um, and progress and get to the final five or ten, the thing that will get you to the short, short, short list is a story that lasts all the way to the end. And I think that's a, I think that's a real uh, problem. Uh, and therefore it requires a lot more boring planning, I think, unless it, I say it comes naturally to you, in which case, lucky you. Um, but I think you need to have a story with a, you know, character quest, what goes wrong, this goes wrong. How does that make it worse? Okay, how do they try to fix it? Here we go. Oh, now it's even worse. Okay, we're 10 pages in by now. Um, okay, now they can try this. Uh, this makes it worse again. They try this, but then this makes it a bit, bit better. But now suddenly it's gone even worse. And so by page 27, they're ready to take their own life or, or you know, leave the country or all is lost, all is lost. And then there's that glimmer of hope which brings them back. So, but, you know, page 30 there, but on that page 26, 27 or whatever page it is, you know, that the hero, the heroine should really be having a choice to make about, I mean, in one sense, they've got no choice, but in another sense, it feels like they see two paths ahead of them and we know which one they're going to choose. Um, and I'm, we're not quite seeing enough of that kind of, and and I think one of the mistakes, possibly, because we talk about this a lot, and we say that, and and a thing that I found quite often was that a script sort of meandered gently along, and not much happened, and then sort of suddenly, out of nowhere, on about page twenty four, a big problem uh, arises, and suddenly there is this sort of huge thing that's at stake. And I think the key thing that a lot of people are missing and again this takes a lot of planning is the is the escalation mm. of uh, of it and you know when you see uh when you know you know in a novel or in a movie you know when people are writing and it's that big l- long section that is called act two mm. which is between the first massive big thing happening that that really gets the story going then the next hour or 200 pages 
of the consequences of that. And as you're writing that stuff, you're kind of coming up with lots and lots and lots of problems. But only when you really, really sit down to write it, you start to think, well, actually, this could be the worst problem of all. So I'm going to move that one there. And you, you're kind of juggling around what's the worst thing. And it's it's like a sort of, it's like a graph of escalation. You can see, you know, for the, the things getting worse for the character, it sort of goes up a bit and then down and then up and then up a bit more. So it... Each thing that happens has to be a consequence of the previous yeah. thing, and that that is the really hard part of plotting, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need to do more work on plotting. We'll do that in future episodes. Um, I've got one more headline about dialogue. Do you have any other headlines? Um, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit more about the why now because um, quite a lot of the the scripts that we read. Uh, didn't necessarily feel like and, and you know I have pointed this out there was one um, there was one script which uh, was was a very gentle script and it was basically about a guy you know a, 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 an old couple older couple and uh, they've got a dog <laughs> and, you know that that's kind of it but actually that felt to me uh, in in terms of why now there was uh, so much that's sort of interesting that, was, that hasn't been... It's sort of started to go towards these things a bit, but uh, I think the fact that there is so much of a kind of... Um, our, about this country and our relationship with our pets, and also it's about, you know, kind of... the, the sort of lack of human interaction and how people, how pe- people uh, love their pets... Uh, and I found it. It was it was actually a sort of really very gentle, uh, sweet uh, episode. And I mean, there's it, it, there was a lot that didn't quite work. But I, I just thought that idea at the core of it of this couple who have been together for thirty odd years or whatever, and they're sort of running out of stuff to say to each other. And they get a dog, and the dog becomes the sort of for the for the guy, it becomes the sort of relationship. You know, it, it's it's a sort of new relationship uh, for him, but there's there's so much about that that I thought there was a really good, mm. nice little why now that you know every yeah. now everything's so fast and we've got you know the phones are you know you get everything really quickly and you can work harder and longer and and you know everything's on your laptop or your phone and there's just this this, this for the vast majority of people who aren't in their 20s and 30s, mm. uh, you know, that's kind of... I, it's too much, really. It's nice to just have something that actually steps back, but at the same time, you can sense them, their lives are kind of being reduced um, and coming to terms with that and having a dog and that... All, there's, a, there's a whole section of this this uh, episode which is about that this guy's trying to go for a... A wee, the, mm. the service station, uh, but you're not allowed to take dogs in the service station. He doesn't want to leave his dog outside. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, that was interesting. What that what that bit showed was because I don't have a dog and I, I'm not a particularly big fan of dogs. But for me, I just thought, oh, well, actually, you don't see dogs in service yeah. stations. And actually, if you have a dog, like loads of people do, this must be a real problem. Yeah. And this felt like a unique insight. That's what I thought. Um, and, 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 and not only a unique insight, but you know, it's an, and it's something that. Uh, you know, it's kind of symbolic of how much we are kind of, you know, the, the convenient life. Mm. Everything is made to be more convenient. And yet we've kind of forgotten along the way things that are kind of relatively simple, but that 
there, and, and it was almost like a sort of political statement the way yeah. it was written and there was you know there are no service stations that allow dogs yes or, and, it, yes yeah. rather Frasier like these words yeah. came up on the screen yeah. um, which I thought was it was an interesting and I think the other when that takes me on to um, my um, last headline point really which is that what was good about that script was the fact that they had a very distinctive speech pattern and way of speaking to each other that felt it felt rhythmical and it felt real and it didn't feel derivatively sitcommy. Um, and we talked about this on a, on a, on a Patreon episode um, is that my worry is occasionally just as earlier we were talking about how your idea can be derivative of sitcoms that you've loved. And so you end up writing a generic sci-fi thing that has no real reason to exist. Um, likewise, everyone in your sitcom can talk like people do in sitcoms and uh, there are other episodes we've done on this where people talk like, you know, there are hack lines that people say that are essentially lines that were first heard in episodes of Friends or, you know, did I just say that out loud or you know, those sorts of things. But occasionally there's just a kind of a sitcom way of talking that just feels a little bit fake. Um, and what that's doing is essentially surrendering your characters to the genre and saying, well, it's a sitcom, so I want them to speak sitcom. It's like, no, they need to talk like real people. And the moment it all feels a bit sitcom-y, it just feels a bit phony. And it feels like you're arranging characters in a situation in a sitcom-like way, and it feels rather formulaic. So I think just really digging into distinctive speech patterns. Um, and the, weird, the weirdest example I can think of, which I've mentioned before, and I, I think I might have even blogged about, is um, Simon Callow's character in Chance in a Million um, with Blender Blethin. And this was a character who never used prepositions or pronouns or never used pronouns. He just would never say, I haven't done it. He would just say, haven't done it. You know, can't say, you know, he didn't even say one has never done it. Or, you know, he would just say, he just had this very brief way of speaking that was incredibly distinctive. And I've remembered decades later. Um, so just looking for individual turns of phrase, speech patterns that just don't feel like we've slightly heard them before. Yeah, I mean, one thing to uh, add to that is, you know, and we always say, we, we say these things are rules and yeah, go ahead and break them. And the thing we often talk about a lot is where people are talking about nothing. And, and th that particular sitcom was a, 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 an episode where they really are talking about nothing, but actually it's a really... Uh, poignant kind of uh, way of saying, well, they they kind of they're saying this they're, they're talking about nothing because they've got nothing else to talk they've about. Run out. Yeah, if yeah. they if they stop and really you know if 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 they examine their relationship too closely, they'll go, oh, actually, we can't we and and they they talk a little bit in those rhythms because. If they don't, then they'll just stop talking altogether. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think we're um, at an end, really. We've probably burbled on for, for long enough. <laughs> yes. Hopefully there have been some concrete things there, which, um, you know, we, we've covered a lot of different things. But I think as you listen, hopefully you will know which of these applies to you, what sort of writer you are. Um, and, you know, and that's fine. And our shortlist, longlist, whatever, um, are made up of bonkers ideas executed bizarrely but with an interesting voice that we liked and really 
nothing special ideas that were really well executed, that read extremely well and were very funny, and everything in between, really. Yeah. Um, and there were one or two that I sort of admired, but but thought, um, this is exactly the kind of comedy that I wouldn't like to watch on television, but yeah. that does get made for television, but yeah. I can still see that there's good writing here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, our personal tastes hopefully have not come, come yeah. into it too much. I think it comes down to three very basic things. Your idea, your characters, and your story. Mm-hmm. And each of these scripts that got onto the uh, long list had at least one of those made us go, ooh, that's great. Um, if you've got two of those things, then you've got a good, very good script. You should be very happy. If you've got all three of those things, wow, you know, that's great. But that's, even that is ne- not necessarily still enough to, you know, kind of get something made. But But that's the thing. You need to have all three of those things absolutely at their peak and absolutely uh, tested forensically as I say before you even write the script Um, I'll be talking about these again as I say on uh, Friday 13th of March I'm doing this uh, one day uh, talk about about those three essential uh, things and how you can work as hard as possible to make them as strong as possible how can you book onto that go to your website Uh, yeah davecohen.org.uk Brilliant. Don't forget, there was also the uh, BCG Comedy Conference in April, on April the 25th, I think it is, yeah, Saturday, we'll be there, so it would be good to uh, say uh, hello then, and you can join us on Patreon, there's loads of extra audio, including our Making of a Sitcom Soup to Nuts, which is on episode 14 or 15 or something, Um, but lots of first 10 pages Patreon stuff uh, related to this competition, but also previous ones, so there must be at least 10 or 15 hours worth of extra audio there if um, you're not already sick of the sound of our voices. Um, and uh, we do dig into quite a lot of detail and quite a lot of things, so hopefully there's there's more, more content there. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Cheers.